Y'all gotta get Y'all gotta get your teeth in Soon Before you can get nothing but smart teeth <laughs> Smart teeth Smart you know? teeth <laughs> that, I, it, it sucks that Wisdom I have teeth. to <laughs> <laughs> No they, they ain't wise Just smart It sucks that I have to ask if you're joking or not, because I feel like that's a product that <laughs> like, is coming. I'm, I'm kind of not. Okay, but, but that's kind of like, I don't know, people would find that annoying. They'd he, be like, oh, we get it, Austin. You're into technology, and you think there's going to be fucking smart teeth. Okay, <laughs> you just have to say something about it. Here's a take for you. But what I'm trying to say is, where are the non-smart TVs? Can you get them anymore? Oh, honestly, that's true. But here's a take for you. Whoa. Orthodontics is only made necessary because of an evolutionary flaw on our part. That's that's because a deep of sugar? truth. Is it because of like Well, we I mean because of so our much. diet. Okay. But like sugar is part of that, yeah. It's I not exclusively think. our diet though. No, not exclusively our diet. Yeah. Also how we sleep. Mm. And our posture. And how we breathe. And how we breathe, yeah. Yeah. Cuz breathing But posture affects like all of those things, you know? It and does, like how yeah. you sleep, like and like encourages posture, or like and, all these and things. And just and just yeah, how active you are in the daytime. Yeah, like, it's crazy the feedback effects. But <clears throat> the one like in detail aspect that I know from uh, this guy named James Nestor who wrote a book called Breath that came out recently is there's like there's studies that if you breathe through your mouth exclusively, this the, the shape of your face changes i don't know if it gets narrower or wider versus if you breathe through your nose because nature design or claims are that nature designed your nose to be where you breathe from because there's Mm -hmm. all sorts of filtration and you actually get that's what the hairs are for yeah honestly and there's detection maybe (laughs) i don't know maybe but well i I guess the hair is probably like catch yeah or collect You know, stuff that would otherwise get in there. Well, like, you know how people use, like, mouth breather as, like, a, an insult? Uh, yeah. Because, like, when you're a mouth breather, like, you have a different structure of your face, which is just, like, everything's pulled down and forward. So, so your you want jaws a wide, down so you and want, forward. So you want a narrow face or it, a wide face? Well, it Wait, creates no, no, a I narrow think, face. But, like, your but Yeah, like it your creates jaw, a narrow face. Yeah. Mouth but breathing our, creates... Our faces are supposed to be wider, I think okay, is what it so is. Okay, so you want to be a it's wide not, face. I don't think it's, like, wide versus narrow. I think it's just, like... It happens that your jaw moves down and forward, and that, like, makes, like, your face long, but... What if we have a war in 100 years, the, the wide faces versus the narrow faces? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's probably happened before. I mean, once I mean, we can... See, we don't detect those differences quite as... Naturally, as we do other oh, differences Have you in seen which those narrow faces. <laughs> but where I heard about all this was from uh, an orthodont. No, well, I guess he's like an evolutionary orthodontist. I don't know if that's exactly the name, yeah. but he's like really active on TikTok, and like people have been doing his like technique, which is called mewing, where you like suck in your tongue. Mm, I saw that the other day, yeah. where like people are like, "Oh, your face isn't." whatever like you just need to do this and then they do a side profile and yeah yeah, swallow their tongue yeah that's what that guy talks about but it's because like he has noticed all this with like people's breathing patterns and like he also says like we don't eat enough 
food that's like hard to chew. So like mm-hmm. we just don't like exercise our jaw. Yeah, we're not used to ch- like I've noticed this like if I have to chew more than three times, I'm just like in my head I'm like, God, come on! <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Why didn't they make this more chewy? <laughs> yeah. Why didn't they make it more chewy in the factories for that's, me? <laughs> Why can't I just slide it down my throat? Yeah, <laughs> I want to just swallow like a wet gummy worm, like a seagull. Like, I want to be a seagull so bad. A baby from my mother bird's mouth. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. slurp it down. <laughs> But the reason when I heard that, like, that's one of the reasons why I started eating meat again, because I was like, oh, shit, I need to work my jaw. (laughs) Have you seen the little rubber? What I forgot what it's called, but it's literally a a jaw workout tool. No. Where they like you put it in your mouth and you like bite down on it and it's supposed to make Hmm. a like a defined jawline. Or something. Wow. Oh. It's literally an infomercial where people D- are Yeah, like, it's like, do you want a chatly jaw? And they're like, I mean, y'all can't see it, but I'm moving my mouth up and down. Like, they're literally chadley. just like doing push ups mm. with their jaw. To get like that Johnny, Bra- Johnny Bravo yeah. face. Yeah, a ripped ass jawline. <laughs> like, first step, abs. Second step, ripped <laughs> ass jawline. Go from jawline. Mr. No to Mr. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For 1999. 99. Or you can just. Go from average Joe to bro. Average, yeah. So something I have a night guard, mm-hmm. and that's because I like grip and mash my teeth together at night, dude. I which is a strange. I don't. I don't really know the root of that stress. I also well, I clench my jaw when I'm stressed. Yeah, I've been experiencing the same thing. And no, honestly, kind of what I was saying earlier, that's also why I took a break from caffeine. Because, like, I would oh, be getting yeah. anxious, but on top of that, I would just be, like, clenched jaw all the time. Like, and then at the end of the day, I'd, I would literally be sore from Oof. it. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Oof. I think I need to get one of those. A mouth guard? Uh, night guard. Night guard. <sighs> it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fucking hassle. But, I mean... How it's supposed, the idea of how it's supposed to work is it's supposed to be like a solid, almost slippery surface on the bottom of your mouth Mm -hmm. to where when your teeth go down to grip and to clench, instead they slide to Mm. the side or to the other side. So then you like unconsciously untrain that habit because they just slide every time and then going to a like crooked, uncomfortable position. Mm -hmm. And so then they just go back to relax and then try again, slide, go back to relax. That's hmm. the idea. Mine currently doesn't work like that. It's I, I've chewed on it too much. Now I can grip on it. So I just use it to protect my damn mouth. But <laughs> you know, it, what's crazy though about the clenching is that I didn't notice it. I guess I've done it for a while. I don't know my whole mm-hmm. life since I'm a teenager. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but I didn't notice it until after I started meditating for yeah. a decent amount of time. Like I had been told before by like my dentist, you know, like, oh, you grind your teeth, like you clench your jaw. We can tell for all these reasons. And that was, I didn't think anything of it. I was just bored hearing mm-hmm. it. But, you know, like once I really did start to think about the effects, like, like, why do I do this? Where does this come from? Like, oh my God, I do this when I'm stressed. It was just crazy, but yeah, I mean, it's just noticing it. I couldn't Mm -hmm. notice it until I had meditated enough to where like some days I would sit down to meditate like a little bit later Mm. and I maybe after I drank my coffee or when I was stressed and I would just like sit there in the darkness and I would become still enough and then I would just be like 
damn, I'm fucking <laughs> munching on nothing right now. Grind them boys down. Yeah, and then I noticed it like more throughout my day, and I would notice it when certain things would happen, and I would like catch myself in the middle of doing it, and I was like, oh my god, like I've always been doing that. Like, it's such a crazy, I don't know, experience when you can notice things like that that mm-hmm. you unconsciously or subconsciously do. Mm-hmm. I've uh, noticed that I clench my jaw only in less like very particular moment in my day at work and it's when i am like um scanning a cart of books with like a scanner to their barcode mm-hmm. and like each time i pull the trigger to <laughs> scan i like clench my teeth <laughs> until <laughs> until it like beeps okay Where i'm like why do i do this okay what actually here's doing? something else whenever i am really whenever i'm petting a really cute pet oh, or yeah. animal <laughs> And I that's like when you do it. Too. I yeah. clench. I clench my teeth. Like yeah. Like it's so cute that you're just like. Oh my god. I've definitely noticed. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're so cute. Like that. <laughs> you notice I do that when I when I scoop up Wilson. Yeah, I've noticed that you do that. It's pretty funny. Yeah. No, but it's not. It's like why am I why am I doing this? This is unnatural. And like that's I I don't know. That's kind of the heart of all of these like teeth and breathing problems and how our face is different. And like, I, I don't know, all of this, all of these strange effects of modern modernization and having abundance yeah. of food and comfort like we do, like it just, yeah. things get shift, slightly shifted out of order. And we're such a, I don't know, an interdependent being, mm-hmm. meaning that like you, your posture changes and then how you breathe changes and that changes your face and that changes how your mouth is shaped and that changes how your teeth develop, which change, like, so you know. This is, like, what I want to talk about today, basically, is, like, not this exact example of it, but just how, like, modern life sucks. Mm. And I've been <laughs> feeling that so hard mm-hmm. for, like, a long time now. And it is the reaction for, like, a civilization to kind of reject whatever is, like, current and, like, long for the past and, like, have nostalgia is like a literary, like a pattern in literary history. Oh, it's almost like a, oh, is it a pattern or like a genre or? It's a pattern. Like it's come up like, again and again in the multiple. like genres like come out of and like go back into like as mm. a cycle. Oh. So like no matter the period of history, there's like a set of people that are rejecting yeah. XYZ. Yeah. And there's people that are like imploring or like yeah. like giving more strength to xyz or whatever well, yeah. yeah okay but that, there's other times where it's like more popular to like be the person who rejects because mm. it's like a, a cultural feeling mm. but there's also t- there's also the stereotype of like the luddite or that like luddites have existed as a as a pattern Me- luddites meaning people who like Reject is that rejecting Re- technology? Yeah, reject a new innovation. Like there's mm. famous like Luddites for even like uh, uh, I should be careful there. Okay, well one obvious one is like the printing press. Mm. Like there were people that said like the free flow of knowledge like it'll drive people insane. They won't do anything. They'll be reading books all the time. Like there'll be yeah. too much information. Or or there's just these classic like bad examples of like Luddites kind of being wrong. So I feel like that's a stereotype on one side, but then there is like more of what you're talking about, which is like 
just zeroing in on the truth of how we, I don't know, I guess, depart from our nature. Well, I'm trying to say also, like, this is, like, what I know, what I've studied is just, like, how these feelings come up in the things that people write over time and, like, how mm. it's, like, a, a pattern that's recognized. Just, like, hating the present, longing for the past. Like, believing that something about the past was better, romanticizing it, like, that's what the romantics did. And, like, it has to do with, like, longing for nature over, like, modern technology or whatever. Mm. Um, and, like, what I've been talking to you about, like, transcendentalism is, like, a sect of that. Where it's, but, like, at the root of it, there's, like, this longing for the past. Yeah. So there's all of these um, categories, like you mentioned romanticism. Romanticism, that's like a period or like, yeah, a period of writing. So there's all of these, I guess, that's different than like transcendentalism, which is more of like a philosophical idea framework or something no, like that. No, I mean, it's also but a period too. Like It's also a period. Th those those identifiers can mean both thi both things. That's okay. why they're confusing as names. Because like yeah. we don't change the name when we're talking about the philosophy versus like the time period. It's just it's the same name. Yeah. So they're attached to both things. Okay. Like romanticism is attached to a time as well as a philosophy that okay. came out of that time. Okay, that makes sense. Those ne those kinds of like I identifiers always like intimidated me. It made me feel like oh if I don't understand like. I don't know. Like, it makes you feel like you don't understand the context. Like, yeah. people will say, like, you know, the... the yeah, I feel like I, that I don't know, lot. whatever. Renaissance writers, like, like yeah, this right. and that. And the terms of everything always confused me. Yeah, I and could, I could never yeah. remember when they are terms. confusing, though, because, like, people use different ones, and they overlap, and they're not, like, clearly defined, and they're, mm -hmm. like, meaning different things at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, they're definitely confusing and, and like, not helpful. experience of, like, reading about them so many times. Yeah. Before then, you're finally like, oh, okay, I get this. Yeah. Get that. And yeah. it's also, like, to in a certain extent, it's, like, doesn't actually exist. It's just, like, what we've decided mm -hmm. to call things to, like, be able to refer to them. Mm -hmm. But they're just, like, ideas. Right. And, like, anyone can get their own idea of what a person or, like, a time was like by reading something that came from that time. Mm -hmm. It's just, like the pedagogy has decided that like all of these things mean this mm -hmm. from like this collection of texts, hmm. which is pretty crazy. And pretty soon computers are going to be able to do that better than we have been able to so far. So maybe we'll have better identifiers for like these mm. ideas. Yeah. That'd be sick. That's true. I mean, that's exactly what computers are good at is pattern recognition yeah. and categorization. That's what makes me think about like when GPT three learns Shakespeare, you know, yeah. Like GPT-3 will understand Shakespeare and like tell us about it. <laughs> what's yeah. what's GPT-3? An open AI. Okay. Well, it's yeah, the yeah, it's it's a language um processing wait, and it's an NLP, so neurolinguistic um, processing. Nat natural language processing. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. I was thinking of neurolinguistic programming, mm. which is another NLP. Mm. Natural language processing, artificial intelligence is what GPT-3 is. And it's put out by OpenAI. So it's like open source. and So it just processes different languages? Well, it, it processes... You input text. language and you get back oh, language. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It has different modes of, of operating where can it there, there is a is translate. It, it's yeah, a the, translator as well? It, oh, it okay. can act as a cool. translator. But you can also ask it questions about anything. And it will read 
uh, reference material off of the internet, like millions of, of references a second. So you can ask it, you can just start a conversation like, like, do you feel, do you experience, what is the meaning of life? Oh, okay. Which what is, is obviously what you first want to do whenever you're messing with AI. Yeah, of right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like a chat, like an old school chat bot. Yeah, but it's but not see, like, because more advanced. it's, In the it's, it's generated based off of what you put and each, for each input that you have, it scours the internet and mm. reads like a decade's worth of information and learns and understands and it, and it crafts these so, pieces of inf- information together in such a way that an AI hasn't been able to do before. So mm. in the Shakespeare example, you can tell it like write a Shakespeare poem or like sonnet mm-hmm. and then it will like produce a sonnet with iambic pentameter like in the same like structure, like after reading all of Shakespeare and understanding the form, then it will like be able to like, or then it just creates its own, which I don't know. Saying create is kind of strange. Like I don't necessarily think it's creating, Mm -hmm. but it's just like learning Mm. and copying and pasting what it learns. It's iterating a hundred million times and zeroing in on the most precise, precise structure and pattern. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that, and that's basically what it's trained to do. And there's a, a lot of computing behind it. I mean, you know, I, I got in on the beta and that's why we got to play around with it. And it was just, the beta is just, you access it through a web app, mm-hmm. but you know, where the AI lives, where all the computing is done is really in these enormous data centers because mm-hmm. open, I, open AI uses Azure from Microsoft and it's just that there's thousands of servers. There's thousands of computers that are, that are just crunching numbers and that this, this model is just crunching through data. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's pretty amazing. That's kind of a whole separate topic, but yeah, but I could see how people who are against this wave of technology would be, and who are, uh, you know, inspired by literature and writing would be kind of weary of something like that. Yeah. That's exactly why I'm weary to say that it's creating. And I don't believe that it can create because Mm. I'm the thing that creates not the computer. Right. Right. It's just taking what humans have created and making something. Yeah. We have to, we have to keep creation to like sovereign to the human, I think, Mm -hmm. because once that changes, we're in a different ball game. Mm-hmm. I think. Okay, well, here's... I, I agree. I definitely agree. But here's what I really think is happening. Because the GPT-3 or any other AI that exists today is not what people think... Like, people, people's idea of AI is really AGI, or artificial general intelligence. That idea is that something can be generally intelligent across space and time and concepts and everything that humans are. And that is just something that we're so far from. It's crazy. We have narrow AI, meaning that we can set a narrow simulated environment like a chessboard. And we can just have simple patterns of intelligence that learn and they can store information and store learning, just iterate lots of times Mm -hmm. and get really good at specific things. Like that's what our current version of AI. And that is nothing close to human creativity and human intelligence. But so what this is doing, though, it's raising the lower bar. It's Mm -hmm. raising the lower threshold for what it takes to be a creator or an artist. Because 
you were going to be able to generate simple content. For, mm-hmm. for example, there is a startup company that I've played around with a product that uses GPT-3 to generate copyright for like your business or your e-commerce product or something like that. And so that layer that raises that lower bar to just like, you know, someone who could just create copyright can just write the letter or write the prompt or the message and Mm -hmm. you know that they'll be clear and grammatically correct and you know people pay a lot of money just for that lower threshold and that's that lower threshold is about to get automated so now the true creators are just going to be the people who are truly unique really making unique contributions that can't that otherwise wouldn't be created by ai because yeah like you're saying jana ai doesn't create it just like it generates it just right okay but you said something that like so we have to kind of maybe define what creativity is. And you said, so you're talking about how like, in order to get the results that we want from the computer, if it's generating something that we're asking it to generate, you have to set up the rules, basically. Mm-hmm. Kind of like um, the game of life thing. You set up the rules and then the computer makes iterations until it like gets the correct result. Or like... <clears throat> Corrects or, or its results. The best result. One on top of another, like hundreds and millions at a time, mm-hmm. like guesses or whatever. And I actually think that that is, that is like creativity. I think that is like pretty s- simple to the structure of like how one would create. You have to like get the tools you need. You have to understand them. And that's like basically like setting up the rules for like how you will do the thing that you're going to do. So like if you're going to, um, but paint something like you need all these like materials tools mm-hmm. you need the skills to be able to use them and then you iterate yeah and you have a space until you get the best it. result mm-hmm. right that's creativity yeah it's it's true but it's different because the very but when the you put very feeling intellig- into it. The very intelligence, the very entity behind the creation. Like when you have a machine learning artificial intelligence model. I mean, we could go on YouTube and GitHub right now and just pull up some open source code and figure out how to plug it in and probably get some simple machine learning AI running for, I don't know, something like DNA data or something like that. And we could just start crunching numbers. That is not indicative of something that has a rich context or rich, uh, you know, buffet of 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 experiences and of references and of knowledge to pull from. Yeah, experience is so the human with the yes, I agree that 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 process of like, you know, you choose the space, you have the tools, you choose a a point that you're optimizing for or a goal, and then you iterate to try and get to that goal. Like I agree in that process, but just for a human, like humans are so much more complex. Well, that's just like, that's understanding. A, exactly. So I'm giving, I'm just trying to like, yeah, simple yeah. framework for how a human creates versus how a computer creates and like mm. how those might be similar No, that's true. in a way it, that it I've never similar. really thought of before. Hmm. But also, uh, and also I think in a, something important that's missing there is actually like, ignoring information well okay. i guess i guess I ai's ais do that really in, in a way 
Because they're probably yeah, because they yeah. upregulate and downregulate certain patterns. Mm-hmm. So that basically doesn't mean ignoring certain information, but oh. it's like humans ignore. Humans have a whole world of understanding. Yeah, and they first choose the art form, which yeah. is even the game board that they're playing within. But then they have, I don't know, a whole other world's worth of just stuff to pull from, and they can pull from anything. Like people make art out of the mundane, and people make art out of the most extreme, strange, you know, emotions and yeah. everything in between. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a variety that, so I don't know. I, you know, it's, it's an interesting thought though. And I've actually never thought about that, that like, it is a very simplified model for just the creative process. But human creativity is like so complex and I, mm-hmm. I definitely yeah. like want to honor it as well as that because think yeah. it's the only thing that's worth it about being a human for real sometimes yeah. i get worried sometimes that the human creativity is it's kind of dwindling yeah recently and like i also remember a lot of people you know when like trump became president i'm not getting political at all but <laughs> <laughs> just saying that i remember people would be like well at least we're gonna have good like punk and like good oh, like yeah. counter government oh like our yeah. counterculture it created. never happened you're like, right i had i have not seen anything where i've been like wow this kind of feels like the 80s whenever Dude. they were like or this feels like the 70s that's like, actually so sad i mean that's true. I, I forgot about to that. my knowledge maybe there is out there and if there is let us know i feel like they're probably it, but in, in a lot of small ways in a lot of small places there's there is extra you know just coordinated community activity, maybe mm-hmm. amongst the chaos. There, well, for yeah, there was, reasons. yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. I know exactly what you're saying, though. Like just I, the idea that okay, we all recognize mm-hmm. the government's corrupt now, and ever, all of the young people are on the same page. Right. And now we're all going to create the culture that can hopefully bring about the change. Mm-hmm. But now here we are, and instead we just have kind of like. A scared, depressed. Literally, everything went back to normal. Just everyone's afraid to create the culture because you're not allowed to think differently than anyone else. Well, yeah, Yeah. and the young people are trying to actually give power back to older people and give power to the government instead of take it back and change it. I mean, it's interesting. You know, I, I was just. Before we were talking about writing, I was expressing my confusion about all the like semantics, but really in music, like we yeah. have we have dozens of genre identifiers and sound identifiers mm. and time period and all sorts of things to identify and categorize the music that we like and try and describe and share and I don't know make higher resolution semantics for Mm. for the music that we like that becomes so abstracted (laughs) Mm. like that's so i so i guess it's kind of the same thing but with writing with literature which is what you have studied you know most of your life and been obsessed with like that has a way longer history Mm -hmm. of iteration and of collective knowledge really when you're saying it's kind of similar to music in that way where it it can represent different semantic or it has different semantics and things like that that categorize it and yeah well you just think about all the different things 
like humans have been making text mm-hmm. for like as long as they have been and like mm-hmm. all the different iterations that that has mm-hmm. as long as they could yeah like, and even before so you have like to yeah. make it. you have people like writing down like their most precious and honored beliefs and then you also have people like making lists for mm-hmm. like the grocery store you know like mm-hmm. for as long as time yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh. and and what some of the oldest writing actually reminds me is is accounting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah keeping like stock of things or like ideas or yeah just count counting yeah keeping stock keeping a ledger it's mm-hmm. the only way that you project into the future like yep I mean, write down what you have. Having a record. Well, yeah, it's an abstraction of of the trust of the individuals. It's a semantic representation of something that doesn't exist. Yeah. So that you can, yeah, so that you can carry it into the future. That's insane. Yeah. You're just transferring data from your brain to to the future. future. Yeah. (laughs) So then other people can process that data that you either thought. It's technology. Yeah. That's true. We're just little computers. Pretty weird. Well, yeah, and that's why that's why you gotta have Bitcoin because Bitcoin is <laughs> the best way to transfer your energy across space and time. That's a, that's the big idea if you want to cut to the chase. But that's <laughs> well, for that's for another episode. I, but also, okay, so but Bitcoin is language. Mm. Well, yeah, mo- yeah, money is is no like code. Co- yeah. No, exactly. That's it's, what it literally it's a is. protocol for communicating. It's a set of rules at which you agree to communicate, which is what language is. And somebody and, wrote it. Yeah. People wrote a it. Lot, a lot of people yeah. wrote it. But no, so yeah. Just, and these, that and tells these, you how sophisticated humans are at this point in time, which that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you go into, and this is a lot of what you like to think about is um, the, I don't know, I guess intersection of, of reality and like, uh, human creativity or human connection, human feelings, like how, I don't know, because Reality there's like... and human feelings? Well, there's like the, there's the reality layer of money, like you have the gold bars, mm-hmm. but then there's the social how humans human feel about layer it. of it, how humans feel about it, how humans organize around it, how, how... <laughs> you know, humans are inspired by it. And, and that's like what I feel like you find a lot of interest in. And and of course that's right along with literary history as well. Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, I'm just like more attuned to like picking up on human feelings rather than like anything else. And so that's just like what I notice about things. I mean, I notice my own. So it's like, being able to, the kind of stuff that I write is just like how do how do you interpret human feeling? Because like for me, there's nothing that a feeling really is, but like, so putting language to a feeling, that's that's something that you can never like truly accomplish. It'll always be different, and like that's like a whole postmodern idea that like language fails to actually accomplish what it tries to do because. You can never actually like say something exactly as it is, you like can an never idea. Fully capture, yeah, even something simple 
you know, like a chair. You can't capture it in the word but chair. I kinda, or even like, what you're feeling. Like sometimes yeah, what especially. You, sometimes what a human can be feeling can be I mean guess I guess where the term comes from of like being indescribable or you can't like Yeah. Ineffable. Yeah. I yeah. think. Something like Just like yeah. uneffable. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so one of my favorite poets is T. S. Eliot and one of his ideas was like how how to create poetry, like one way to create poetry is to basically like put all the layers together of what a feeling is. So like combining all the different elements that constitute a feeling and putting them together in ways that no one has ever put them together before. So like that's how you get a poem Mm. is if like you're able to make the connection that no one has made before between Mm. like a feeling and an image Mm. Or like a feeling and another feeling. Okay. Or like a feeling and an event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, and this is they're the medium between someone who's trying to feel what they're reading. I guess, like, is what you're saying. Sort yeah, of? for sure. Okay. Like, it's a way to transfer a feeling to gotcha. another person. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And see, that is something that really, really resonates with me, and that I've, and I know Josh as well. Like even though I haven't fronted a band in a long time, like I've always written lyrics and written songs and I have like a very, very, I have very strong opinions about lyrics and like develop it at some point realized that good lyrics and like a good song was something that was able to with high consistency and high resolution. Yeah. Transfer a feeling to me. Yeah. That, maybe I otherwise wouldn't have felt. And like, I remember describing it in such a way that like, before I had ever had a bad breakup, I heard the best breakup song ever. And I was like, listening to the song makes me feel like I understand something that I haven't experienced yet. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, a song about death or a song about losing a loved one or something like that. Like you can transfer at least a piece, at least 10% of that reality of that human feeling Mm. In such a way to where you're, yeah, transferring it to another person. And, like, how do you do that? That's not a science. That's purely an art because you're trying to use the semantics that we have to express something that is fundamentally not of, you know, of the human language. Mm. So I think we've, like, in this conversation, um, discovered a new or discovered a definition for what a lyric is. I think that's pretty interesting. So we can say, like, a lyric is anything that transfers a feeling to another person. So that's why like a lyric can literally be anything at all. Mm -hmm. And it can affect people in like an innumerable amount of different ways. So like some people will understand that feeling and it'll transmit and be successful and some people won't, but they'll just like listen to a different lyric Mm -hmm. that will. Mm. So that's why you have to keep creating because Mm -hmm. there's always going to be somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I feel like. Mm-hmm. And that's I hope true. those people exist. Mm-hmm. Who what, will that just keep on creating no matter what? Right. Mm-hmm. And I hope there are those people who will like understand the feelings that I'm trying to transmit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I mean I, I I really do think so. And especially with art. Um, like this is this kind of goes back to like the earliest writings of humans, like that, you know, it was, 
units of account on a ledger or it was like really if you go back to the earliest art uh, or communication across time that humans put this is i'm stealing this from a book sapiens by yuval harari but it's how the book starts out is the caves in france i forgot what they're called but where there's there's this cave art from like a hundred thousand years ago Mm-hmm. And it's just handprints. Mm. It's 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 a very spooky, ominous, <laughs> just cave wall full of handprints reaching up to seemingly nothing. And it's well, been it's been dated as the so oldest weird. cave art ever. I forgot what it's called, but I'm pretty sure it's in France. I have it saved in my photos because I looked it up a week ago. It's really weird that you're mentioning. Whoa. Oh really? <laughs> that's You're talking crazy. about this one. I know the people listening can't yeah, see that's it. Yeah, that's it. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> that is exactly that it. was like that's that was weird. an image that was on the cover of like one of my textbooks in really? college. We'll put it yeah. in the show notes. I'll I'll put a link to the image. Yeah, yeah. I that's feel like people sapiens. would recognize that. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe it's on the cover of Sapiens. It, no, uh, it's not. no, it's not. Um, it, it might be for like the, they did the Sapiens graphic novel. It might be for that. No, it's not. But it basically sets up the thesis for the whole book, which is that humans are storytelling. They are huge advantage and that our main drivers that we're storytelling, uh, monkeys basically. Mm. And that it shows that like the earliest message that we give out, like we're telling stories that that's the highest that's like the biggest channel for us to communicate and throughout the book he goes to talk about how you know money is a story how civilizations and the lines that are drawn between nations are stories how companies are stories companies are strange entities that like can't be held accountable can't be put in prison and and there's all these examples that he talks about throughout history to basically just highlight this point that we're really just telling stories and we're just putting these stories into different like semantic frameworks. I mean, I, I, I guess, mm. but, um, you know, with art and with zeroing in on feelings, like the raw feelings of humans, like it's a, it's a type of storytelling that's very fundamental. Yeah. And I kind of feel, like, feel like a poem, of that. I kind of feel like a poem is like the most bare place to uh, get the raw feeling from do you think and that's why some people can't the most um, bare place i don't i don't know what you mean by bare place but like for me music is visceral easier like right maybe so like the feeling in its raw form is like best captured in a poem Mm. yeah so it's like the raw yeah the rawest form of yeah because there's like nothing else but text to distort it mm-hmm. and like text is probably the best we're adapted to making it like as i mean that's just like an opinion but i i, I think that as I true to the feeling i think that sight can be a little that's bit true. more visceral because seeing like you can just see a flash of someone in pure agony and have it have that some some well, but simulation of, it, of that emotion no instantly. but as a piece of heart a piece of art though piece of art yeah okay so like visual art yes but then like why is our visual art so bad (laughs) well it's bad at transmitting feelings yeah modern art art. is bad at transmitting feelings Mm -hmm. yeah it just like decided to stop but like a portrait of a person's face can definitely transmit some feelings (laughs) i mean i think i subconsciously avoid poetry the older i get because 
when I was younger, I liked reading poetry. I liked the idea of it. But then when you start progressing, you start getting older, you start experiencing life more, and then you start reading more poetry that is relating to your life and like makes you feel bad (laughs) yeah and then there's like negative things so then it's almost like you're like oh man it's too real like i don't know if i want to feel this way today yeah (laughs) but i do want to feel that way because i already feel that or i want to read it because i'm feeling that way but at the same time it kind of just like accentuates it and really brings it to the surface it's kind of a helpless feeling it's like Mm -hmm. like you love like it trigger something in you because it's like someone has understood exactly how I'm feeling. That's insane. How can someone else have felt that? Mm -hmm. And someone else felt that that makes me not alone. But then it's also like, this is such a desperate, awful feeling. I hate it. I know that person hated it. Why have we felt this? Right. And then you just like want to get out of it. But that's kind of what I'm saying. Like a poem is like able to be like that raw and real. Mm -hmm. Whereas like a song you can listen to it a hundred times because you're like, man, I love this song. It makes me feel this way. <laughs> but like poetry is like, I don't want to read that. again. Yeah. That, that thing really fucked me up. <laughs> yeah. But I think also like music has a different piece of technology that can kind of like distort feelings a little bit, which is like yeah. melody. Well, yeah, it's got like, and probably odds are there's like, if there's not four or five other instruments in the electronic track, there's five or four instruments in like, you know, depending on what genre you're listening to. Right. That, yeah. that can distort the emotion. And like, it can also enhance it. So that's, True. that's why we listen to music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, something I wanted to ask you about, uh, Jana is actually reading because you're, I love you know, to read. You love to read. You're a pretty fast reader and pretty pretty diligent. Uh, you know what you like, and but you also explore new stuff. Um, That's because I don't really know what I like. <laughs> wow, well, yeah. Okay, well, I'm wrong. But I do that. know. It seems like you know. But what I you know like when I like something. Read. Like mm. I know when I like something, but mm. I don't know like this is what I like. This is, mm-hmm. There's a box around what I like. Yeah. There's well, you, really you like a lot of novels, and yeah. I never really thought about like the differentiation of a novel but like what how would you define a novel okay novels are so good um and more people should read them and there's so many like novels that are just will never be spoken about or discussed Hmm. that i've really loved and love really added to my life but like i don't know any other person that will ever pick up that book so yeah it just like kind of belonged to me so that's kind of cool and unique about it but also Hmm. okay so like there's so many like small niche novels that are like super that like cult classics almost like and you can find one that's I mean yeah cult classics but it's like it's just I'm I'm the only person that I know of or like that I will ever know who has mm. like read it like I might yeah, tell someone yeah. to like oh you should read this but it's like yeah, so I don't... obscure that like it's unlikely yeah. that yeah yeah I don't really know anyone that would like like to read the novels that I've read but anyway okay so yeah this is what i was telling you i guess like last week yeah i've been thinking about like the novels i've been reading i just finished reading crime and punishment mm-hmm. but you said you've read that uh, by not all the way. oh not all the way yeah. okay yeah, yeah. I, I you said you read it like i do that through. a lot i read like two or three books at a time it sucks yeah i don't really know why i do that a lot too okay except for i do that with like nonfiction a lot easier but like i feel like when it's a novel and i'm into it 
I can like pretty much get through it. So you have to finish Crime and Punishment because like okay. the whole back half of it is like a, like the, a whole other story. The meat and potatoes. Yeah, it's like deeper. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, but I think a novel sets out to answer a question about human nature mm. and then kind of like, and then like basically sets up the set, the simulation for like whatever event might cause people to act in like a certain way mm. and just plays it out. Um, so I think when someone sits down to write a novel, it's like there's this person and this thing happens to them and like what would happen if that happened? Mm. And then like that's what they write. It provides a pocket of like a dimension where... Yeah, if this scenario happens, this is how the characters that have been created react to said. Yeah, and I think that's why we can learn from them like we do. Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, I know if I did that, like that person did in that book, mm-hmm. I know what happened, and I want to avoid that. So it's basically like a like a story that older generations would tell yo- younger generations, but like with 100 to 150 pages. Like, yeah, basically. Yeah, I think so. Like, what is that called? Like a virtue story or something? Like it's it basically can be. Like or a, an archetype. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, like that's like that's the kind of like stories that are interesting to us about like things that tell us about ourselves mm-hmm. or just like the hero archetype mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. is present in, in any story we tell for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's like part of our collective subconscious. That's yeah. not my yeah. idea, obviously. That's well, why like things like Star Wars were so like popular yeah. and well yeah. accepted and... The, yeah, the hero archetype. And that's like when I'm reading a book, I connect with it as soon as I can read myself in it. Mm-hmm. And like, that's when I know I like it. Like if the, a character like says something or like is a certain type of way that like, I'm like, oh, I do that or I'm like that or I felt that. Mm. Then I'm like, okay, this this person has written this book and has understood something about humans or understood mm. something about even like me, the individual, which is, which is crazy. How can that be? That's why Dracula by Bram Stoker. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but Br- Bram Bram Stoker. I don't name Brahms Stoker. Yeah, <laughs> it's something like that. <laughs> That's I why feel like that it's not Stoker though. Stalker Stoker. I think it is. Here, we'll look it up. We'll yeah, have, yeah. But we'll that's why Dracula is really cool because it's written from like it's it it's written about the same account, but from like four or five different perspectives throughout the whole thing. Yeah. So interesting. And all the accounts are like journal entries. Yeah. From each character. So right. it's very like, which like, Oh that, damn, you're right. It's Bram Stoker. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So like when you get a story <clears throat> given to you, well, like um, in like that type of way, it's so interesting. Like you, so then that also kind of is satisfying because it makes you feel like you are, peering into somebody else's life mm-hmm. which honestly like that's a desire that we all have mm-hmm. i think yeah yeah that's a desire that i have i definitely want to get into other people's minds oh yeah well why why though i mean i think people i think people have it for different reasons but yeah True. i'm like curious and i want to understand Probably because why. we get bored with our own head and our <laughs> own like yeah feelings and our own perspective that yeah you want to like peek into other or like especially when you get numb to your own feelings Mm -hmm. just kind of becomes mundane yeah Mm -hmm. well it's also how you learn like yeah see monkey do and like if you want to change yourself then you have to be able to find another like a model or a map Mm -hmm. for how you could be and then maybe figure out how you would mimic that or you would become like that so also sometimes like 
art definitely does this for me a lot, which is like, I didn't know that I felt something about something that happened in my life until like some character also goes through it Mm. or like this happens so often, like maybe it's a movie that I'm watching and the father and the daughter have some type of interaction and those things make me cry a lot because I'm like, I need that. (laughs) I need that for myself. Like Mm. this dad just said this to me, like I'm the daughter in this scenario. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That's pretty deep. No, I mean, I get that though. (laughs) I've felt that before for sure. Yeah. I mean, we want to like, this goes back to, you know, we're always humans. We're always telling stories and creating stories and representing them in different ways. But like, also we always want to put ourselves in the story. Like, put ourselves center in the story. Like it's, it's not very often that we are the observer or like the non, I don't know, the third person or I I don't know. Like usually we're putting ourselves into the story. That's how you get Mm created. Right. I, yeah. And I think that's how you like get the rewards from like the story is like imagining that it's you, but that's why like superhero this whole superhero genre just like has no appeal to me whatsoever. Cause like, I can't imagine myself in that. And right. I don't. And no, yeah. yeah, I don't either. No, I mean, I imagine myself like, I, I don't know. I'm a regular guy. Like I imagine myself like coming to the rescue and, and fighting the bad guy and stuff like that. But like, yeah, that the superhero movies, like I, they really have a disconnect for me. I like, Except I like a good recently. action movie or a revenge mm-hmm. movie. I don't know. Except I don't like them cause I start, I'm, I start vibing with the the villain. I'm like, dang, <laughs> I can see where he's coming from. Honestly, <laughs> or I can yeah. see what yeah. she, how she would feel like that. She's pretty pissed off. That's true. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and yeah, and like recently, I, it kind of feels like there are um, superhero villains in our real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Which is pretty nuts. I think it is. That, I think it, there is something to say for having so many superhero movies and like yeah it being a forefront of like uh entertainment nowadays yeah because like i don't know after i'm i'm gonna give them a chance i've been like waiting to spend a day to watch all of them and really give the all of them in a day i don't know if we have enough time like (laughs) i'm trying to buckle in and, and do it but like at the same time, I just keep seeing the previews for them, and it's just like, it feels like the same thing, just Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. All the I time. I know there's a storyline, but... I've never been able to, you like, have to, you not have be to, bored. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Okay, so I actually, I just remembered, this is kind of separate. Yeah, the superhero movies are boring. You know, they got except for Spider Man. Every Spider Man movie I've ever seen is the best thing in the whole world. Spider Man and Batman did it right. That's all I'm gonna say. Spider Man and Batman, both of those (laughs) French, like those movies, are. I know people even are like, no, I'm Batman all the way, or I'm Spider Man all the way. I'm both. Both of them. Great. You don't know how many people I've heard say that though. (laughs) What both of? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, such a basic. It's basic. It's crazy, bro. It's great. Okay, okay, but here's what I was gonna say. I Toby Maguire. The best. <laughs> yes, I do agree. The best. He just yes. looks like he stinks. He looks like his breath stinks to me. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot what I said. The true nerd Peter Parker was Toby Maguire. Yeah, that's true. Okay, wait, no, okay. That's what I'm gonna say. I was gonna I I read a book um a while ago 
and I'm forgetting what the title is. It's something alter ego, but it's basically about how humans create alter egos or manifest alter egos in order to like um, face difficulties that are beyond themselves. Mm-hmm. And I, something that I was thinking about talking about superheroes, like as much as I think it's kind of lame and like dopey and I want to make fun of it, like there's so many little kids and even grown adults that I -hmm. see that are like so inspired by superheroes and have such fond feelings. And like, it really is an archetype for so many people that it's like their, yeah, it's their alter personality that they can, that they understand that they've delved into. Mm -hmm. And so if they ever need to stay step up, you know, they almost embody that in their mind. Like, Mm -hmm. No, for and, sure. And, and yeah, there does yeah. need to be that, but... Um, yeah. No, yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Like, I, I don't think about that idea much, but, you know, if you are going to change, if you are going to grow or, or stretch outside of something mm-hmm. that you've never done, like, you have to have a model for how to do it. You got to become a really big green ripped guy. <laughs> yeah, and that's to get to get through it. <laughs> that's I, yeah. What is the Hulk and all of that? I don't know, but that used to be my favorite. What is the Hulk and all of that? Yeah, kid. yeah. Okay. What is the Hulk? Is he, the is the question? He uses his anger. I, I don't know. Maybe there's a deep. We need to have like Jordan Peterson analyze <laughs> <laughs> the Hulk. Like, there's some deep idea to using your anger to. Oh, you mm-hmm. know, he he has an equivalent um, Bible character. I think Samson. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, the guy who like killed people with donkey jaw, and oh, also yeah. the other stuff that That's he did. Pretty badass. Yeah, but he Samson event eventually he got. Well, Crushed. I guess that's difference. He got seduced. He got uh, and then killed his by the eyes gouged out, and then he had to he had to like knock down the pillars to with kill. a haircut. He yeah. his own strength killed him. Yeah. In the end. Oof. Yeah. That's that's a deep archetype. Every time I want to cut my hair, I think of Samson. Oh, really? I'm like, look at that guy. <laughs> Didn't work out. Yeah. I ain't going to cut this shit. <laughs> it's true, man. Okay, I wanted to ask you, Josh, like, what's the type of stuff that you find yourself writing when you do? Like, just normal writing? or So like you write, lyrics? like, song lyrics, mm-hmm. but what else? Um, I mean, I'll write some journal entries sometimes i try and the goal is to do it every day but i don't do it every day mm-hmm. uh, every other day mm-hmm. but i mean what time of day do you usually do um it? usually after work after i've kind really? of like after i've i used to do it in the morning yeah but then i kind of started just doing it after I've thought all day. That's, I try to start doing it in the morning and I was like, I haven't lived enough of the day yet yeah. to like even have any feelings about it. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've always been jealous of people that kept like books by their bed, like little notebooks and would write mm. like if, as soon as they got done like dreaming or something, they'd be yeah, able to I've, like. Yeah, I've wanted to do that too, but. I can't. Right. I mean, yeah, I usually try and write, if I'm not writing well. Usually it's just journal entries and then journal entries will inspire a lyric idea or even a story idea. Yeah. Because I've tried short stories, like little, I don't know, starting to like make characters like that are behind emotions that I've come up with Mm -hmm. in a a journal entry. But that whole process takes so long. Yeah. It's it's insane. I've... I've tried to write short stories and probably like 
the most that I've written that I've liked has been a page long. Mm. And like, mm-hmm. but the story I'm trying to write needs to be at least 30 pages. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, this is too much. This is hard. <laughs> that, yeah. It's kind of where I'm at. I looked up, I was like, what's the average like word count for a short story? And then I have maybe two or three pages written. I'm like, I think yep. I'm getting somewhere. And then I look up the right. number and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I've got yeah. a, a ways to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's why it's like, so I just, you need to like have a writing, a practice of writing that like becomes mechanical in some sense. Mm-hmm. But that's like the hardest thing to do, I think. Well, and that's why I'm trying to get into the journal entry exercise because like my brain works very very it's very hard for me to sit still and focus especially mentally so when I am writing I'll be just writing normal sentences like today I did this and then it'll literally jump to like almost a monologue like an inner monologue Mm, like yeah two or three paragraphs yeah Yeah, and then yeah and then it's done and then I'm like I got no more And then you have to like walk away from it or come back to it later or just try again the next day. Do do you kind of have a similar process? So I've, I've kept a journal for like as long as I could write, (laughs) but it's never been every day. Mm -hmm. Um, And like the past two years, I've kind of just like let myself kind of like be relaxed about it and just kind of like whenever I need to write something, I'll go and I have a place where I write it. So my like journal for like last year was about like 30 pages long altogether, mm-hmm. or maybe it was more than that. Um, but that was just because like I would come to it whenever I felt like there was something that I needed to like basically work out mentally for mm-hmm. myself um, with just like events that were happening. Uh, but another way that I found just like an untapped resource for imagi- imagination in like writing and creating for me is like if I start telling a story to my nieces, mm. it'll just like become this like I just like start creating like these like fun characters and they like love them and they like get <laughs> so excited and I just like make it into like and you're I just, just like tapping find, into your own humanity. You're tapping yeah, into your own mm. subconscious. I'm like to able to like find the patterns of like this is how this story would go. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's about like frogs or like fairies or right. or like yeah. trees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. I just remembered. I didn't get to ask <laughs> my questions about reading. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just asked you what novels were, and then we went down a strange trail. But um, sorry to change the topic. That's okay. No, so that's okay. But anyway, uh, so like I I used to have a pretty good reading habit and y'all are talking about writing habit I guess which is kind of a similar thing which I've also have my own thoughts about but currently I'm not prioritizing having a writing habit but like with reading I don't know like reading has never been natural to me but I love to learn I've always loved to learn and I have read to learn I do end up reading but it's usually a more impatient like going through a Wikipedia rabbit hole type of mm-hmm. type yeah. of reading. Um, like that's more of a natural or just like searching things and skipping and closing pages and open up, opening up new tabs, which funny, that's kind of like, that's a very fit if you're a programmer because mm-hmm. that's a lot of what you're doing is you're like asking questions in different ways and just trying to 
jump between resources very quickly to find the highest signal amongst the noise. And that's more of what I'm used to. But then with a book, that's obviously, that's a different beast. You're really drilling mm -hmm. into a particular set of ideas. But, um, and, and that's hard for me because I'm, and I know Josh, you're kind of like this, like we're, I don't know, easily distracted mm -hmm. and, and messy and kind of, but also draw a lot of our creativity and our strengths from those, those yeah. personality traits. Mm -hmm. What is the question? I don't know, man. I'm just talking. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I guess, uh, how, do, like, I don't know. How do you become a good reader? Cause I've never, I've never been a good reader. Mm. Like, how do you do it? I guess I would argue that I've not been the best reader either. Cause like I said previously, I get caught up with reading two or three books at a time. Like I have a yeah. really bad problem with buying a book. Maybe it's not a bad problem, but I just buy books and then I don't read them for like a year or two. And then I finally read them. Okay. I'm not good at reading either necessarily. I don't read as much as I would like to. And I end up, you read like five times as much as me, but I, but I don't, I like n have never finished a nonfiction book mm. and I bring home at least three nonfiction books from the library a week and they sit on my desk and I like look at the table of contents. Nonfiction is so hard to get through that. Yeah. But see, that's and okay. That's, the thing. that's weird because that's what, that's almost all not all that I can read, but like in the last three to five years, that's what I've been most drawn to is nonfiction. Yeah. And that doesn't mean like textbooks or something, but just like really, I don't know, interesting. Yeah. Like Sapiens is one. The, the challenge is like a book has to compete with so many different avenues and channels that we can get the same information from. Mm -hmm. Like it has to compete with like the YouTube video version of it. Yeah. It has to compete with like, the podcast version of it. That's like, and like these things have just adapted to become much more consumable than a book. And instantly accessible. And it, cause do they like tap into like what we like to do. Mm. Do you think though that books, this was a question I wanted to ask was, do you think books are still the superior way to transfer emotion and data? I kind of I have that question for both of you. Yeah. I mean, I kind I've of have that inclination, but also I think about all the different things that I've learned that haven't come from books mm -hmm. and like they can be so much more tactile and real. Well, and yeah. I also remember growing up, my parents always used to make me do the whole like, well, if you're going to watch that movie, you got to read the book first. Like my dad was instilled that like he didn't let us watch Lord of the Rings until we read all the books. Well, like he didn't let us stuff like that. So, I mean, I guess that falls into the same question. I mean, I know. don't know. I think other, I think there are other things that, that do the same thing that a book can do that are also successful, mm -hmm. but is a book superior? Like I kind of feel that way, but also then like the person who's writing a book can definitely be like, biased and not give good information mm, that's See, true but yeah it, it's if you compare like a book in the movie that's like the old example and that's an easy one to where people then draw generalization which mm. is the book is clearly way higher detail higher density mm. the stories are more rich the characters are more rich all of that like that's classic and then the movie is more simplified and like made to be easily consumable yeah. but when you think about um, 
if you're learning something specific, I don't know. Okay, here's a perfect example. Vincent was telling us about the damn podcast that's about the Lord of the Rings soundtrack for the movies. Wait, it's a podcast about soundtrack. the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. You don't remember okay. what I was talking about? I mean, it's like a five-part series with each episode being two hours that just dives into the music of Lord of the Rings wow. and how it was made and how it was crafted that's cool. from the narrative in the book. And anyway, so that's just an example of how, like, yeah, you have the you can have a book about something, but sometimes digital media, just mm-hmm. because you can consume it in s- across so many iterations and kind of with such repetition and go through so many different side alleys, mm-hmm. like with podcasts, because you get that type of exposure to a field or a domain, that can really be a type of learning that's not easily replicated in the same amount of time with mm. if you read you know, read up on all the books on this genre. Like, yeah, that's, that's true. hard and that takes a long time. Yeah, that's true. But, and even more so. Or just think about like listening to a, a book versus reading it. Mm-hmm. Like we are yeah. able to like listen to audiobooks now just Ooh. as much as we can. Yeah, audiobooks. Some people listen to shit. it. Like, and you can re- listen to an audiobook faster than you can read a book. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was going to say. Some people re- uh, listen to audiobooks on 2X. I wonder yeah. if I, that I, sounds terrible. To me. I wonder if that's considered cheating though. Like, I wonder if you get the same benefit, because, like, reading does something yeah, healthy, I definitely I'm think, sure, to, like, your brain and your eyes, yeah. right? Like the, I definitely think there's a difference, mm-hmm, but yeah. it's hard to say if one is better than the other. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, I'm a fan of audiobooks. That's for how sure. I've read a lot of books, like, yeah, especially sure. working a job that, you know, allows you to have headphones in. That's how I read Crime and Punishment and I would definitely suggest the audiobook version. It was fantastic. Maybe I should do that cuz I have I have it and yeah, there's definitely a uh bookmark Those... like literally smack dab <laughs> right in the middle of it. Those <laughs> yeah. Russian names are so hard, so mm. like when you don't have to stumble over them <laughs> yeah. with your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little better experience. Yeah. Kind of kind of circling back to your question though, Josh. I've I've thought about this a lot as far as our book, are we like, is technology and digital media, is it a less effective way to learn? Mm -hmm. Like, are we dumber? Are we learning things in less detail than we used to when Mm -hmm. everyone would read? And it's an interesting question. And I, I think it's just so complex because you can talk about that as an idea, but then just going down to reality, me, Austin, even if I think, books are the best, the superior way, and I should be reading books, and I beat myself up all the time for reading books, like, maybe I'm just, I just won't do it, Mm -hmm. but naturally following my inclinations, I've learned an incredible amount, like, almost everything I've learned about technology, well, I guess I'll say before I, I took any classes on it, almost everything I learned was podcasts, and YouTube videos, and Twitter, Mm -hmm. And oh, it's it was a weird mix, a weird soup of these different sources of digital media, that there was a lot of repetition, but because I consumed it for so long and day after day and was curious about it and thought about it myself, like it can give you a kind of, I don't know, a kind of understanding of a domain that's that you can't exactly approach from a book because it's like what if, it's like the equivalent of. Uh, before the TV, mm-hmm. what if you could read the book and go listen to the lecture and listen to the author talk to his buddies about the ideas Whoa. and 
you know, look at his personal notes or whatever, or look at other people's summaries of mm-hmm. his idea. And like, that's what the internet gives you. So if you really are truly curious about something, you really want to understand it. Mm-hmm. I feel like there is access to a richer, like, I, I don't know, buffet of, of knowledge of options for learning stuff. But, but just by and large, a book as a single variables, a single thing is just, it's going to be more dense than most everything else. Mm-hmm. Unless you're talking like a whole podcast series or I don't know, a whole TV documentary series or something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. we, we actually have like access to the library in our pockets all the time. True. The library of Alexandria. No, I mean, that's true. <laughs> no, that burned down. So. All of that hidden but magic like, knowledge. But basically like, lost. like the ethos of the library is like, um, translated pretty well into the internet pdfs free access to knowledge you could technically get free books if you had access to a printer laminator and pdf files oh you mean like yeah physical book yeah if you didn't care about the the hard book like cover and everything like that but why would you do that when you could just buy a big screen this true this brings up this kind of brings up something that i've also been getting into recently which is like creating physical books like as a piece of art Mm -hmm. um that's like a whole like genre of art that like i've just discovered which is how you can the thing that you're trying to say and the thing that you put it on both communicate Mm -hmm. what it is saying Mm -hmm. and like how you can manipulate that as an artist Mm -hmm. it's pretty interesting there's other examples of that in art like the picture in the picture frame yeah, but yeah. That's like that's an interesting one. Is like the book, the because sometimes you can be drawn to a book just because of how old it looks or how mm-hmm. uh, like thick, ba- thickly yeah. bound it is, or something like that. Or like, just like turning the pages of something as like a tactile experience, um, and like you can kind of like make iteration iterations on just like mm-hmm. even that simple thing. Like, will this book that I create, if it has like a poem inside of it? Will there be pages to turn or will I just put it on strips of paper on the mm-hmm. inside? Or will I put like a ribbon that has like all the text on it mm-hmm. and you just like have to pull it out? Mm-hmm. Or I don't know. Will it pop out? Remember pop out books? <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are cool. That's Mess an experience. House, yeah, that is. A, <laughs> my, my two favorite books that I have is and I like them because, well, one, the stories, but two, the way that the books are bounded is like a 1904 like as a book from 1904 Dante's Inferno oh and my dad gave it to me and like the the front of it it's so old that it ripped off like it got all old but like I still put it on top of it but yeah, yeah like the whole like the pages just it's so old oh, like man. it's so cool looking yeah and the other one is like a I can't remember when the exorcist came out but it's an older version of that as well Mm -hmm. so it's just two i love older looking books for sure they look just way more they look ancient which they kind of technically are but this is this is the kind of old books i have one really old like primary school education book like textbook that has like the abcs in it wow (laughs) dang (laughs) i think i have a i have a chemistry a college chemistry book 
that I bought just because it looked cool. Mm. And, and it was super thick. And then I opened it and I was like, what the fuck is mm. all of this? <laughs> like, I, there's, there's, but it has like the table, uh, like all that, like, it, it's really interesting. If I knew anything mm-hmm. about chemistry, it'd be the, a solid the, fine. The element, the periodic table? Yeah, yeah, it's got that in there. and Dude, cool. that's cool. I wonder what that looks like. Something about, yeah, older books. Like, there's been a few, like, there's a few old financial books that I have mm-hmm. that I really like for some reason. Like, one of them is, is like a market analysis during the Great Depression. Wow. Like, the 30s. So, it's so old but it's interesting because they're talking in this lingo, like looking at the price charts and talking about the price of pig bellies or the price of corn or whatever, mm. or like this is what this means about the market. And it's just, I, I don't know why I am drawn to that, but it's kind of just the idea of like patterns of time repeating mm-hmm. or how you can relate to something so long ago or see it happening around you. Mm. Which reminds me, Jana, yeah. there was a question I wanted to ask you like you were talking about, we're, we're talking about the phases of, of writing literature, like romanticism or whatever, like what, and, and how those ideas repeat or mm. how those sentiment or feelings repeat uh, throughout time. What, what the time period that we're in, like, what do you think that's comparable to? Like in literature to, to like a movement or a, I, I don't know. Well, based off of my own personal feelings, I feel like it's, um, like I can only speak for like what I feel like this moment is saying. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of just like, so before postmodernism, there was modernism. I feel like we're, and we're kind of repeating modernism, which like had a lot of the same, like nostalgia, like, uh, just depressing. Like there's no hope. Uh, basically like that's a little insight into what I feel, but Mm. yeah, I think that's, I think that's what I would say. So just nostalgia for the, past and pessimism uh-huh. for the future yeah mm. okay like something is terribly wrong with like what we've created mm-hmm. yeah and we can't fix it mm-hmm. well there's almost it seems like there's almost too much pride to even like want to begin that trying too. to right. figure out how to fix it like it's like oh no we there's so much we have done there's no way that it could be that bad like type it's is kind of what it feels like right <laughs> yeah i think that's like a competing uh, force against like, yeah, like what I feel is kind of like the other side of that feeling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's like two different kinds of people. One might say like, everything's great. We're like all the progress we've made. And then another, like the competing voice is like, everything's terrible and we're the worst. I wonder if there was yeah. that sect of people in like Rome or yeah, for Other sure. ancient, like... I think so, yeah. Ancient empires or whatever. And I think reliably also that's, like, just the kind of person that the poet is. Mm. Like, you go to the poet, the ancient poet, to be like, okay, tell me what's really happening mm-hmm. in the world right now. Yeah. Because all these other things are going to tell me, like, not the truth. Right. They're going to tell me a lie, which is everything's fine. Mm-hmm. But you tell me what it really is, and I'll tell you, no, no nothing's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's kind of... That's true. That's like how like artists um, are like always, yeah, like they, it's abstracted truth, but they're always communicating maybe a truth that you wouldn't read in the, I don't know, mainstream writings of a time. Like, mm. like they, they can't break the rules. Kind of like how nowadays maybe like 
the only people telling the truth are comedians right. <laughs> or the only people that can, can tell the truth are comedians or are artists. Mm-hmm. They can say it in subtle ways that they, that find clever, subtle ways to get away with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but everything else, if you try and publish it, then, then it'll get shut down. But yeah, maybe that's political, but I mean, you know, like I think, I mean, we need humor mm-hmm. and we need truth. <laughs> and we need truth. Yeah. We need the truth. <laughs> and like humor can be the vehicle for truth sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, the best. I have, I think this would be my last question, but it's a very simple question. Yeah. Soft or hardback books? Do you have a preference? Hmm. I do have a preference for a hardback book. Yeah. I feel, I feel like hardback is just superior. But here's universal. the other thing though. I like, I, it's easier to read a paperback one. Hmm. Hmm. So like if I'm trying to sit in a comfortable spot hmm. and I'm holding the book up and hmm. it's a hardback, it's just heavier. It's heavy, yeah. And my, my hands get tired. Yeah, that is know. true. That's true. I feel like a hardback is easier because I feel like paperback closes a lot easier and a hardback will like stay open. Like I have to have exert less effort to keep the book open. <laughs> I mean that can be true. Like if, we'll have to do a like poll. a like a yeah. brand new poll, paperback. Poll yeah. a how brand many of new y'all paperback. read books? <laughs> <laughs> how many of y'all know how to read? <laughs> <laughs> probably at least at least half. At least half. Yeah, no there's, judgment. There's probably nothing more annoying than like a brand new paperback book that's not very thick. Mm. It just doesn't open. Yeah, yeah. I I think I do. I get rid of the outside cover of hardbacks. Is that a bit? Like the is plastic that a no-no? piece? Yeah. I do a, too. Oh, yeah. You do too. too. Yeah, I okay. do too. Throw that shit in the trash. Yeah. It depends I, on if I, I like it. it. Yeah, that's Sometimes true. I like it better than the actual cover. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's, so that's I'll keep true. it. Mm-hmm. But very rarely. Yeah. There's this new thing that people, publishers have been doing with books, which is like the plastic cover around the hardcover will only um, cover the bottom half of the book. Hmm. Weird. And so, like, the top oh. half is, like, a hardcover, like, just, like, solid oh. color. And then they have, like, an image that's, like, the plastic I, I cover. Like and it's, like, I don't understand it. Yeah, it's hmm. weird. That's, like, that's like a like a package of bacon or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they have the so you can see the bacon inside? So you can see the bacon. Ooh, I want to see the bacon. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jana, thanks for joining us. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming hey. on. This was fun. Yeah. We'll yeah. definitely have you on again to talk about... Other various things, no, but it's good okay. to just dig in. Uh, you don't want to have me on again because I'm no. I'm too easy of a guest to get. <laughs> no, well that was that was you know there's a lot of low hanging fruit guests <laughs> that we have that we know mm-hmm. we could have gotten for the first ten episodes, but mm-hmm. we wanted to kind of just. You've ma- you made some good choices. First ten episodes are pretty solid. Thanks. I don't know, man, but thanks. <laughs> and like uh, that, and that's coming from me who like already listens to you talk the most out of anyone else you know so like if i'm signed up to like listen to you talk more (laughs) (laughs) voluntarily (laughs) lucky man (laughs) i mean thanks everyone for listening and uh supporting the show in any way as well yeah give a follow yeah give a follow subscribe rate and review all the cool social media things you can do share Share it. DM us. Yep. All right, that's all. Bye. You think vaping sparks?